listeners to season four, episode 14 of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Kelly, and my pronouns are they, them. And this episode is extra special because we're joined by the amazing Kelly Clark from Dork Tales. Hi, I'm Kelly as well, and uh, <laughs> I use he and him. Happy to be here. We're so glad that you're joining us today. This week, we're watching a dark superhero horror called Brightburn. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we did not make to match <laughs> the mood and themes of the movie. So we, this drink is going to be deadly for Godfathers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it's called Godfather. This episode of Drinking and Screaming will contain discussion on sexism, assault, white privilege, and include detailed descriptions of gore. If any of these things are something that you need to not hear about today, feel free to skip this episode. Kelly can see this because we're recording oh, via Zoom. But this that is looks fancy. It is. Mad Lab Distilling has their own pre-mixed cocktail series, their own cocktail line. And this is Godfather. And I'm going to just read the back here. But obviously, I, put, I chose this for this film because Badger, whose real name I don't know in this show. It's Noah. Killed. I made that amazing joke about oh, yeah. Noah's Ark. <laughs> Noah, <laughs> he dies. He was the Godfather. So it just worked out. But this is from Mad Lab Distilling. It says, an artful twist on the classic spirit-forward cocktail. A rich single malt base sweetened with brown sugar and infused with almond, vanilla, and an assortment of rich botanicals. Best enjoyed over ice for a simple and elegant sip that is sure to please. Cheers. And it's, of course, small batch. We received batch number four for this episode. Fancy. And it's good. How are you feeling? I'm enjoying the sweetness of it. It is quite good. I'm not a huge fan of malt liquors. So the fact that they managed to like put a bunch of nice, smooth things on top of the malt liquor to make me actually really enjoy it is uh, surprising. It's, it's something I have not been able to accomplish myself. <laughs> I find that like the hints of the vanilla and almond really come through and it's very appealing, which is very not like Brandon, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> I guess if it's named after Noah, though, because he was the godfather. Yeah, he was cool. Ezra you know. was nice. Yeah. And I will, nice. uh, Noah, will, this will be the last time we call him Noah. It has to be Badger from now on. Okay. It should be Badger. Okay. What is he, what is he called Badger in? Uh, Bre Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Yeah. Oh my God. That's, oh my God. You're right. That was him. <laughs> Holy crap. You told me not to look at IMDb for this. So I didn't. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Right, right, it's, right. I've never seen him speak coherently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's Badger in Breaking Bad. Uh, We've he's seen a, him in a few other things. He's a barista in community. Oh, yeah. Also, a student um and he's in the office as one of dwight's many cousins but i always just every time i see him i'm like that's badger it's ingrained badger. in me i can't see him as anything else but he did a good job in this but we're yeah. getting ahead of ourselves it's so true. this week we watched brightburn from 2019 it premiered on may 24th of that year it was directed by david yaroveski and written by brian and mark gunn starring elizabeth banks as loving adoptive mother tori Breyer, david denman as garden adoptive father Kyle Breyer and Jackson A. Dunn as fallen from the sky budding supervillain Brandon Breyer. This synopsis was written by Twisted with a Z Hollow 60 on IMDb. I feel like a joke was missed with the 69, but it's not my <laughs> username. Thank you for writing the synopsis for us. 
After a difficult struggle with fertility, Tori Breyer's dreams of motherhood come true with the arrival of a mysterious baby boy. Brandon appears to be everything Tori and her husband Kyle ever wanted. Bright, talented, and curious about the world. But as Brandon nears puberty, powerful darkness manifests within him, and Tori becomes consumed by terrible doubts about her son. Once Brandon begins to act on his twisted urges, those closest to him find themselves in grave danger. So to wrap this up here, Brandon realizes that he has superpowers when he accidentally chucks a lawnmower across the lawn while he was trying to get it to start. His mom finds bra ads underneath his mattress, tucked away, if you know what I mean. But along with photos of anatomy and guts, at his 12th birthday party, his godfather tries to give him his first gun, which the dad rejects. And this is when Brandon becomes actively upset and demanding that his dad give him the gun. That weekend, while on a camping trip with his parents, Brandon flies back to visit a classmate he has a crush on in her bedroom at night. Obviously, this scares her. And the next day, during a trust exercise in gym class, Caitlin allows Brandon to fall, calling him a pervert and refusing to help him up. When the gym teacher forces her to help him, Brandon breaks her hand and snaps her wrist in front of everyone. This starts the downward spiral where Brandon kills the farm's chickens, attacks Caitlin's mom in her diner, goes to visit his guidance counselor's house to threaten her that talking to the sheriff would be a very bad idea, kills his godfather in a massive car wreck, and more. The parents begin to put two and two together, and Dave takes Brandon hunting to actually shoot him in the head. Obviously, this actually doesn't harm Brandon, and he kills Dave by laser burning his eyes all the way through his head. He then goes home to finish the job, obliterating the sheriff that Tori had called to help her. And when she tries to stab Brandon with a shard from the ship he arrived in, the only thing that has ever cut him in the past, he grabs her arm and flies her incredibly high up, drops her to her death. To hide the carnage, he makes a plane crash into the farmhouse, and the film ends with a variety of news stories of a mysterious figure wreaking havoc across Kansas and spreading further away. The uh, the fact that you said that it was written by Brian and Mark Gunn made me go down a rabbit, hood of, rabbit hole of the guns. So James Gunn produced it. He's the one that makes Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Yep. Brian is his brother. Mark is his cousin. Sean Gunn is that guy that's always in James Gunn's movies. The like kind of skinny yeah, it's his guy. brother, right? Yeah. So this this is just nepotism. The movie. So <laughs> well, many guns. <laughs> well, because like Sean Gunn also plays Rocket Raccoon's motion capture. Oh yeah, right? right. So there's all these shots of like him squatting on set in the mocap suit, getting petted. <laughs> <laughs> And then we get the really fun uh, cameo at the end of, I forget that actor's Darryl. name. Michael Roker? Yeah, Michael Roker. Oh, that yes. was good. My daddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit me with that trailer audio. Whatever you've done, I know there is good inside you. He may look like us. He's not like us. Wolf. Wolf, indeed. Yeah, you uh, go ahead and spill the tea, Kelly. <laughs> oh, man, who cuts these trailers? <laughs> Seriously. Like, it's just, I mean, I do like the little, like, whoop at the end. Like, I do like that. But my God, man, just like all of the audience goodwill is out the way before they're even in the theater. And I wish that it had been different there, too, because the trailer 
is everything that's wrong with the movie <laughs> which is. in that like oh yeah absolutely like the second you sit down in the theater you're like watching and you're like all right cool i'm down for the mystique of this i want to see where this goes and the movie's like oh don't worry we'll tell you like in the first like 15 minutes the entire movie <laughs> <laughs> but then we're going to make you sit around for the minimum 90 minutes which w- the fact this is 90 minutes exactly always makes me worry when i'm watching a movie i'm like mm. hmm, couldn't have made 91 huh yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh it's interesting that the trailer without that pre-sale or kind of felt like it could have been a Superman movie for a while. They they really buried the lead and not in a sarcastic way for that, for sure. They were like, it even had that like the soft little piano ting that they always do in Superman movies for some reason. And so many like panning shots over this cornfield, which we never actually saw in the film. That farm does not work. It looked so fancy. Their farm is not a functional farm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Where was this? I want to find out where this was filmed because I didn't look it up because you asked me not to. But yes, I have. This is not Kansas. I have some scaredy facts about some of the film locations, but I don't have much about the actual farm itself. Probably in BC somewhere. I. That's yeah, you probably they in the because credits. It's George. They credit Georgia. Oh, that could have been Georgia too. Yeah. It's a lot of empty wimp, space wimp. in Georgia, especially yeah. in their heads. Am I right? <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> we are Canadian. O- only in the politicians and lawmakers, but it's <laughs> a vast void. Um, no, it's 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 really frustrating, like watching this because, like, I don't know if you two know, but like, I'm actually from the Midwest. Like, I'm from. Kansas and Missouri. Oh, <laughs> oh I totally so, knew that. And that was why I got this movie. For I mean, I knew you were American. I just didn't know from where. So. I didn't even know <laughs> you were American. Bit everywhere, but that's where I grew up, right? Yeah. So, okay. Here, here's something about this movie. It's not Kansas. Like the 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 act I love the actors in this movie. They don't speak with any type of accent aside from like an East Coast accent, right? There's a slight like East Coast, maybe some like West Coast, like California inflection. But like the dialogue and interactions are completely wrong. Like the, he gets a gun at 12. He lives on a farm. That's f- usually like culturally fine. There are things that you might need a gun for at 12. If like you live the on a wolf farm. or whatever. Yeah. If not, if well, your son's that's an thing. alien that you don't understand. <laughs> but here's another, the, the wolf is another thing. They keep saying that there's a wolf. You know, there hasn't been a wolf in Kansas since 1900. <laughs> They mean they mean coyote. There are coyotes. Oh. And in the middle of the farm at my uncle's house, you can hear coyotes in the distance. And it sounds like it sounds like supernatural, like like ghost women screaming. Yes. <laughs> Even in interior BC, the fact that he said damn wolves, I was like, I don't think that's what farmers are generally worried about. Like wolves are like pack hunters. They don't. You also you wouldn't see a solo wolf like go off to a farm and like pick off your chickens. You yeah, have, like, it's a, like fox in the hen house is the typical yeah, thing that yeah. you would know. Or a coyote. But it's like they didn't even they didn't even Wikipedia Kansas. Yeah, like they did. Like it's and <laughs> I mean it's like the only thing they got right out of about Kansas. Okay, Kansas has farms, so they got mm. that. Yeah. Um, we could argue a lot about that farm probably, but like the diner. The diner was like, I grew up in this little town in the middle of nowhere where you had to drive like an hour and a half, two hours to go to the nearest mall, okay. which is what you do on like birthdays and special occasions yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. But you'd have that little shitty brown 1980s, like all brown interior looking like a bad <laughs> A&W, right? That would be the restaurant you'd go to for birthdays. And the moment they did that and they're like giving guns out in the middle of the restaurant, I'm yeah. like, yep, yeah, that's legit. I had to drive through a liquor store in my town. <laughs> 
That moment for me kind of made me be like, what era are we in? Because in my head, I was like, is this supposed to be like the 70s? Oh, yeah. But then like the school scenes seemed the most up to date. There were like good laptops. And then I got really discombobulated. And I was like, oh, it's like now. Yeah. It's just the area that they were from. We have a few restaurants in Salmon Arm that have like have never been updated since like 1930s. <laughs> Everything's like wood paneling with like bad wallpaper everywhere. And like the tables have like grime left on them from generations. So that wasn't too confusing. I was like, yeah, that seems right. Going to the yeah, oldest. Exactly. Me too. The oldest diner that has ever existed. So it's not Kansas. No, Very it's not Kansas. No, they're they're not in Kansas Wait, anymore. Do you know where it's filmed? Oh no, that okay. inflection maybe made it seem like I know more. So it's not Kansas. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> I wanted to talk about how, like, in the trailer, you see all the big names in here. Like, we got Elizabeth Banks. We got Roy from The Office. <laughs> David Denman. We got Badger. Uh, <laughs> the whole gang's here. Yeah. But I love how they were cast in this film. And it's not a comedy at all. Like, there is very few, even for, like, the style of horror that it is, there's very few jokes I think Badger in the car has like a line while he's in terror that is kind of funny. Yeah. But overall, they take what's happening to them very seriously. And I thought that the cast did a really good job of being believable in their element. Um, Of course, they're all professional. And I'm always like. Now I'm being the person that I hate where I'm like, they did a good job. They're well, actors and they did a good job acting. I read something recently that I don't know why I hadn't read before, but it's I think it was mostly for stage. But, you know, stage and movies, same thing uh, where it's like if you're playing, if you're doing horror, or you're doing drama, play for the comedy uh, yeah. and vice versa. If you're playing for comedy, play for the drama. And I like I always like when they hire comedians that or comedy actors because I don't know, I think. I personally think that comedy actors can do drama much better than just drama trained actors because there is that like element of the sad clown in there. And, you know, normal human beings throw comedy in during uncomfortable situations to try to make the situation less uncomfortable. Yeah. And when, when a comedian is scared, you know that shit is real. Yeah. Exactly. And when you see Badger scared, you're like, oh, my God, yes, this is 100 percent what I would do in this situation. I can't wait till we get to your points because I I peaked and I'm looking forward to that discussion. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Before we go, uh, like I want to talk about the casting. That was great. But Elizabeth Banks journey through motherhood and her like you really see her relationship with Brandon. She tries so long as the evidence stacks up against him to believe in her son and really be there for him. But then, and I enjoyed watching that and I thought that it was like real strength of character. But then on the other side, there are like no women in this movie that aren't a waitress, a mother or a teacher. And I was like, "Mm, I hate gender roles. (laughs) Why is that always the case? Like we don't learn anything about Tori, except that she really wanted to have a kid. Yeah. Which, like, that's interesting. And I, that's fine. Like, women are allowed to be mothers. <laughs> I'm not like saying that. But then we don't get to see any other aspect of her relationship. We don't even know where she works. That's She's true. a painter. She, she was wearing she an, paints. Yeah. She, she had a name tag and, like, kind of an apron. And I was like, her name ta- tag keeps, like, wobbling throughout cuts. And you're like, where does she work? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking clue. <laughs> So that was a bit annoying. 
Even um, Caitlin, yeah. the uh, student, her whole role was, hey, kid, you're going to be great someday. Smart, smart guys are hot. And then <laughs> the object of affection. And that was her role in the, yeah. in the entire movie. Oh, God. Well, that just segues really well into my next point, <laughs> which was about Caitlin, the Caitlin and Brandon issue. And this movie is very like boys will be boys. Like he breaks her fucking hand. And he just gets suspended for two days, not even a week suspension, two days. He doesn't even he like grabs her hand, crushes it and then also snaps her wrist. It was very graphic. You could see like the bones inside her skin moving. I mean, that the the boys will be boys aspect did feel very Kansas to me. I don't know about <laughs> I don't know about you. Kevin. I can't, cannot confirm nor deny. I'm nodding. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's part of that like a drift in time vibe of this, right? Like nothing yeah. nothing ever everything changes in the Midwest at a at a much drastically reduced speed. Mm. And that whole thing about um like I mean I think about my family and all of the women are teachers. Mm. Except for my mom. My mom's a, was was in government service for a long time and actually did like she moved around a lot. But everybody who's like stayed in Kansas was either a teacher or a homemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Even today, 2000, like my cousins, some of them are. Uh, one of them's a nurse now. But there we go. Once again, um, yeah, like, uh, there, there's a fairly job. And, yeah. <laughs> and my and let's see, one's a nurse. Her brother's a football coach. Like this is this is where this is. Right. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's necessarily good to have that be the only thing that you have is. I mean, like, what, what do we you're right. What do we know about Elizabeth Banks's character aside from that? She really wants a baby. She really loves her baby. And she likes to paint occasionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then has like this kind of weird relationship with the thought like their their sex life is really weird. It felt like as I was watching that, like they had a really nice, passionate relationship at the beginning. But once Brandon is, a, you know, like a, yeah. like a, you know, he's he's like 12. She's it, it, the relationship is basically like it seems like they're headed toward a divorce. Yeah. But in that's, a lot of ways. And I'm like, especially because hmm. it feels like it's very apparent that the dad doesn't feel as attached. He doesn't really feel like Brandon's yeah. father. I mean, he takes him out into the woods to shoot him like a dog. <laughs> So that was intense. And but there's like comments throughout the film that I feel you're picking up on for sure. The right path, Kelly. The the, um, constantly on the verge of divorce is just to me feels like a common heterosexual relationship. Like (laughs) like hetero. 99 percent of the time when I interact with heterosexual relationships, they don't seem to like each other and they seem to be on the verge of of breaking up. At least that's what like a lot of media portrays it as like, oh, the old ball and chain. Media. Right. And that's what this was. It was like he was still like like super young and horny. And she's like, nah, I'm over it. Yeah. Yeah. I got a kid. It's fine. Yeah. And I was like, that's a weird trope. That's a weird trope to include here. It's like the you know? married with children trope, the uh, family guy trope, the every trope of like, oh, we got kids. I'm done my job. I just got to drink beer and tell them to give in to their urges in the woods, apparently. Yeah. So that was, I mean, let's talk about the talk. <laughs> Holy the talk. crap. That talk was so bad. I'm fine with like being awkward, talking about sex with your kid. Sure. Yeah, that is it is weird. But don't end on you know, sometimes you're going to have urges and you can, I don't remember exact wording. He says but sometimes it's like, okay to give in to those urges and it's like, dude, my dude, you got to describe which ones are okay. What does that mean? Because like, then he go, 
goes off to basically molest someone. I mean, it doesn't go that far because she gets scared, but he breaks into her room in the middle of the night, harassing her with like romantic music on a laptop, which she closes and then he opens again. Like, take the hint, my dude. Yeah. Do you think John Cusack would have been that bad if he had superpowers? Do you think? Yes. Like just... With the porch. Yes. And- <laughs> Instead of a boombox, it's the laptop. <laughs> He's just like hovering next to her window holding a laptop. Oh, God. Or the guy from Love Actually. Oh, God. Why oh, did dude, men Rob would do be the this? Worst. <laughs> just kicks down her door and holds up a sign to her head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, then- that, I don't even I don't remember what the talk was with me, but it sure didn't involve holding a gun in the woods and say, just give in. Mm-hmm. Just give in to just, those just- urges. <laughs> Just shoot. Shoot as much as you want, wherever you want. <laughs> Listen, son, that I found pictures of organs under your bed. Sex isn't about organs. Okay, well, it is, but... And that's all. That was the one line he included in his speech. When you find dirty mags and anatomy, like, full-on operations next to each other, like, one after the other, swapping back and forth. Isn't this a sign? Like, something is not right. <laughs> Yeah, Roy wasn't really on top of things there. And then it just gets worse because then we see like the he puts two and two together so fast. Like then Brandon's staring at the chickens then all the chickens die. And he's like, I'm pretty sure Brandon did this. Now that dang that dang wolf. How do you the the, the common signs of mass murderers or like deranged people are very commonly known. Like it's general knowledge. And this kid is just doing all of them until it's going to escalate beyond your control. I don't know. Maybe it's different if you're, if it's your kid, right? Like maybe you don't, maybe they they kind of played with like a lot of that myop myopia with the, uh, with the mom, with the mom. Right? Mm-hmm. about how she's no, my, my, my child's perfect. He's special. Yeah. He was a gift from God and he's the best. And it's, yeah, which also doesn't help because then she's like pumping his ego, but whatever. Mm. Which then he like really harps on too. Like, I learned that I'm special. Yeah. Soon everyone will know I'm special. Yeah. To 4chan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's there a good we se- go. Segwaying segue. into your, your point, Kelly. Go for it. Wait, which Kelly? You, Kelly. Oh, me, Kelly. Okay. I wasn't <laughs> sure. There's too many, too many Kellys. Um, well, I mean, there is a lot of like, <sighs> I don't even know if you can call it subtext. It's more like just text in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how hard they they meant to lean on it, but it, it sure felt very overt that the entire movie is like this this angry this angry like white boy from you know the Midwest, which you know being a white boy from the Midwest who who had an angry period too, like you know feeling special and having like that kind of desire to have everybody kind of treat you that way is it's one of the interesting parts of this movie is the way that that is explored, right? I mean, he he ends up basically being a super powered shit post. <laughs> on 4chan and um you know it, it's it's an interesting take on that like i said i like i'm a white dude from the midwest and like when i was growing up i had some pretty unconventional interests i mean like i didn't keep like anatomy pictures in my in my spank bank or anything like that but, oh. i mean well like I, I can neither confirm nor deny what i kept in there um but like I, I, I get where they're coming from. I, I think it's a fun part of the movie to watch, but like it feels like they should have gone a little, I don't know, even a little harder with it, maybe. Mm. Like he, he should have maybe, like, I mean, 
he wasn't quite as narcissistic as I was hoping he would get. Mm-hmm. And maybe a little bit during the credits where you kind of see that he keeps doing stuff and he's eventually evolving into a supervillain. I yeah. wonder like, if they wanted us to like still kind of feel for him and like hope that he was redeemed. But to me, it seemed irredeemable already. So you might as well go all the way. You I know? mean, literally in the final hour, we get the moment where he's talking to his mom and he's like, I do want to do good. I want to do. And that is the thing that I had the most problem with the movie. I think we might we might argue about this. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think the way they wrote her deciding to to kill him in that one moment of vulnerability is the antithesis of her character. I think that if he honestly seemed and you know what? That kid's a good actor. He actually sold me in that moment where I'm like, "Okay, I'm willing to give you this one shot and I'll maybe I'll kill you in the morning." Kind yeah. of thing, right? <laughs> while you're sleeping. But yeah. And then she, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm not doing it while he was awake. You see what happens. Yeah. I feel like he um, was genuine though in that moment because we also saw when he was doing his whole act after killing Badger in the car and coming back to the house like with his shirt off and being all like the soccer team they beat they, me up they beat me up and that seemed so like an obvious lie so we know that he's not a good liar because he doesn't have experience mm. lying really yeah he so did. this maybe you're right that he was being genuine in that moment I feel like he probably wouldn't have killed her if she hadn't attacked him. Yeah, I could. No, he loved her. I could almost think that like his his thought process there is, hey, my dad just tried to shoot me in the back of the head. I'm really upset about this. So I'm going to go freak out at home. And then the mom's like, there's still good in there. It's like, are you sure? Because dad just tried to kill me. And she's like, no, you're fine. And he's like, "Okay, I want to be good. And then she's like, cool. Now I'm going to try to kill you. And she's like, and he's like, oh. So I'm not redeemable. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was the final nail. It was the final nail in the coffin there. And it, like, I mean, I get that this is a tr- like a tragic horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that it's like, oh, maybe he could have been good. But then, but then it turns into he could have been good, but then mom fucked up. Yeah. Right. And it's like, <laughs> what? It's not her fault. It's not her fault that, that she <laughs> raised a like a, a soon to be genocidal super psychopath, right? Like that's maybe, maybe there's something to be said about nature and nurture. Yeah, there. I don't know. I mean, I totally very, very rarely, and I I say like maybe seventy five percent of the time uh, is your kid an alien that um, has their biological parents trying to send psychic messages in old god tongue to take over the world rarely does that happen so i feel like she was up against a wall there where like she she didn't know how to deal with the fact that her son was an old god uh baby here to take over earth and she tried her best i think (laughs) yeah oh it's just weird it's weird it also was very interesting to me how much you still saw he was a kid the worst thing was don't tell my parents yeah. Like, I will kill you if you tell my parents. That's the... <laughs> in so much trouble. <laughs> Please don't. And like the sense of like the gravitas of that being the worst thing that could happen for him was so interesting to me. Any yeah, other? Really scarier than your parents in that day. <laughs> like, in, that, in that age. There's nothing scarier than your parents in that age. Uncle Badger, please like, they, don't tell my parents. <laughs> don't tell my parents. Dad will kill me I'll or he'll try and then I have to kill him. I'll <laughs> tell them that you're helping someone cook math. <laughs> did anyone write about, did anyone want to talk about that? scene of him approaching the guidance counselor and like being in their house because that was weird oh, the, the scream scene yeah well because that's his aunt right like that's it's supposed to be his aunt that he's he's like spying on and there there was like a real kind of prepubescent creepo edge to that whole thing right yeah. like yeah totally i mean 
I, that was one of the things where I feel like the movie really could have leaned into a lot of the the tropes and motifs of like movies. I don't know, like not like Porky's necessarily, but like those type of like adolescent things and then play with the twist just a tiny bit more subtly. Mm. Right. Like, oh, maybe he's watching people get changed, but is actually like X-raying their organs with his eyes yeah. or like like they could have just really played with it more. And this is the thing that like really bugs me about this movie because I like it. I like the movie. It's fine. It's like a I think it's like a C plus. We always <laughs> you know? tear the like movies it, apart on here, even if we like them. So don't feel bad. <laughs> okay, <that's good. laughs> like I thought it was like a C like it's it's very pretty. The acting is really good, but I can't get over how much they they just bury the lead and then just kind of like run out the clock. Like the trailer has better pacing than the movie and the trailer's a mess. <laughs> you know, like I wanted I wish that we would have seen like if they didn't have to sell the fact it was evil Superman to get you into the theater, they could have spent a lot more time doing the yeah, something weird's going on here. We don't know what it is. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's weird. You know, Brandon has a weird backstory we've hinted at. Maybe it's could it? Maybe? Mm. Uh, <laughs> oh shit, he's flying and blowing stuff up with his eyes now. Right? Like yeah. that, that that should have happened in like the third act or the second middle. It could have and, been like even if they told you that it was evil Superman in the beginning, there could have been more of a struggle for him like trying to be good. Because, like, in, in most Superman things, it's like, oh, in Smallville, I'm pretty sure he gets told that he has powers. And it's like, do you use it to be the head jock on the football team or do you use it to save the kids? And it's like, there's kind of like that back and forth of, like, is he using it to be selfish or is he using it to be altruistic? There could have been something where Brandon is like, hey, my f friends are being attacked, even though they never showed. Or, like, my maybe Noah actually got into a car accident and then uh, Brandon has to decide if he helps Noah out of the car accident or kills him. But it was mostly like, hey, I'm super powered. Cool. I'm fucking evil now. I'm going to kill everyone. You you little ants are nothing to me at 10 minutes into the movie. And then you bring up ants, right? Because it's like the whole thing is that metaphor drawn into the beginning of whether or not it's like the invasive wasp species. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And he's kind of like an ins and his mask is kind of like a wasp's face mm -hmm, as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're watching him do all of these things. And the actor is really good at conveying inhuman emotions, mm -hmm. I think. But is it really his fault? Yeah. Like it seemed like it like an internal nature struggle with him, but also that like he's not evil. He's just a bug man. <laughs> right. Like he's just he's just got a wasp. With brain. laser eyes. Yeah. <laughs> like a wasp. Yeah. 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 That's why you don't mess with wasps. <laughs> it is interesting that like he was almost like a sleeper agent, basically. Like he didn't show any signs of being a villain until his 12th birthday when his Cthulhu parents are like, hey, take the world. And he's like, all right. Puberty. Because <laughs> uh, like he was just a normal kid up until that point, other than the fact that he didn't take damage. He was, well, we didn't see. Right? I mean, maybe there was more hints earlier on. Or do you think not at all? Well, we saw the little montage in the beginning of all of the like family videos. Baby Brandon. It's like, yeah. It's like, hey, Brandon, show yeah, your little butt. Oh, he <laughs> looks like you. La, la, la. Uh, yeah, there's nothing like him picking up the piano like Superman in the comics, right? Yeah. yeah. Or like him, I don't know, get getting a dog and then hurting the dog at some point when he was oh. a kid. Like he just seemed Thank God. normal. And he was even helpful when uh, when his dad is like, hey, do you want to do mow the lawn? And he's like, heck yeah, I can do that. And it's like, what? Yeah, this kid seems like a nicer kid than yeah. I was. <laughs> I would never do Until the murders. <laughs> until the murders began. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's really like fun that um, they did style this a lot 
after a lot of the Man of Steel footage. Like the beginning part of Man of Steel is shot the exact same way. I think they could have had more fun with that. Because like, do you remember Jonathan Kent's speech from Man of Steel? Uh, uh, Kill them all, What should I have done? Yeah, exactly. Should I have just let him die? And he's like, maybe. (laughs) Fucking asshole. If they had said that in this movie, it would have been so much better. Like, should should I not have, you know, ripped his head off? Maybe. Maybe you should have. He was picking on you. Yeah. More ambiguity. More ambiguity. Yeah. Anyway. It does that I mean Uh, ambiguity isn't I I guess now the gun family's motif. Like they don't they don't really go for subtlety in any of their movies. Like James Gunn's movies are like, hey, here's the thing that I'm presenting to you. Just watch it for a while and then the movie will end and We'll have a good time. I do love Slither, though. I do. I haven't seen it. I've heard you mixed seen things. It's, it's funny as hell. We final. It's, it's real hard to watch. Uh, yes, yes, it is. It's problematic as fuck. And we we watched Super, which also is problematic as fuck. So I'm really Did, starting to question James Gunn's ah. technique of comedy at this point. Well, he used to work for for Trauma, right? Like, oh. So I mean, that's why he got canceled by Disney, right? Mm. Like why they fired him is because of a bunch of tr- uh, tweets he made back when he was doing like trauma movies or like right afterwards. But like tra- and trauma stuff is problematic as fuck. Like I mean, that's that's their brand. I mean, to be fair, that entire studio was like 2004. The studio. Oh, in, yeah. You know, like that bad time. <laughs> yeah. I remember what it was like living through the early 2000s. And it was it's weird. It's like looking back at an alternate universe version of yourself and you're like, wow, I thought really weird things were funny back then. I was awful. I wish I could go beat the hell out of myself. Yep, yeah. Totally. Just shake myself smart, you know? We all could have turned out to be Brandon. <laughs> we all could have had super laser powers if only dad had let us keep our gun. Yeah. Which okay, I didn't mention this at all. That was a Go ahead. That was like the opposite of Chekhov's gun. That gun. It served no purpose whatsoever he put it away and then literally put it away for the rest of the movie but then he shoots his son in the head with it no that was his that was his big dad gun yeah but still he takes he takes brandon's little new gun and puts it away and then it never comes up at any point but he goes that's the gun that he walks to the hen coop with no that's still his big dad gun because it had a right or it had a scope on it Brandon, i yeah. thought that was the box that he was putting away he does he because he's got a he's he's a Big Kansas man. He's got a, a gun. Oh, many guns in gun this cabin. You got to shoot all those wolves yeah. in case they come back. Of course. So My he bad. like puts Brandon's gun in his gun cabinet and then takes out his big dad gun, and Brandon's uh, gun disappears from the universe. Um, <laughs> Goodbye. Which was weird. Like it, I think it was just kind of there in the moment to make them have a fight, and then never nothing happened. Hmm. Yeah, kinda. You think it's a really weak argument for like gun control? Or against gun control there. Oh yeah, we'll take their guns away, but they'll still have laser eyes. I mean, the gun never no, solves any problem, so... Guns that are It's really true. No gun in this movie <laughs> solves a problem at all. <laughs> like, that shotgun that that other sheriff had didn't do her, didn't do her any good. Oh boy. Oh man. take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors this season of drinking and screaming is sponsored by american nightmare candle company discount time get 10 percent off your order on their etsy page with code drink and scream now kelly i have something to tell you what? about these candles oh geez they have fancy new safety matches and I know that you love your matches, not only for lighting candles, but also for singeing um, orange peels for your fancy Heck cocktails. Yeah, I'm real fancy. 
And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh boy, gotta get us some of those. And they have just released a new candle, which is the Train to Busan scent. So I think I might just order that and some matches. And of course, everybody, if you want to order candles from them, they are available for purchase at Etsy.com slash Nightmare Candle Co. And use the code Drink and Scream to get 10% off your order. I also, we have so much gratitude to Evil Amy. She sends us so many spooky things. Um, she's got brand new stuff in stock at her website, which is EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com. They've got pop figures. They've got dishware. They've got um, towels with cool Halloween slogans on them. They've got the spooky tree for when you do Halloween decorating yes. to put little <laughs> ornaments on it. So much stuff. Uh, use code EVIL10 for 10% off your purchase. This season of Drinking and Screaming would not be possible without the support from Mad Lab Distillery. This episode, we used their cocktail called Godfather, and it was very smooth and a little, again, a little spicy. I find a lot of their stuff has like a little bit of, not like uh, capsaicin spice, but real, you know, cinnamon, cinnamony spice. I really enjoyed it. I will definitely be drinking the rest of this probably today. <laughs> we'll see. You can get all their awesome stuff at madlabdistilling.com. I really enjoy their cocktail series because it's so, it's like a quick pour, but you still feel fancy. Mm-hmm. You can impress people. If you're uh, feeling like your bar skills are not up to par, just get this series and no one will be the wiser. When the panorama is over, just buy a bunch of pre-made cocktails and have people over and they'll be like, wow, you learned to mixology during the panorama. That's, That's cool. cool. <laughs> You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream on Facebook at drink and scream. And you can email us at drinking and screaming at gmail.com for more information and to buy some merch, go to drinking and screaming.com. Hey everybody. Uh, I'm Kelly Clark. You can find me over on twitch.tv slash dork or youtube.com slash dork where I run way too many tabletop role-playing games. And sometimes I even have the people from drinking and screaming come and roll dice with me and, um, hope to see you there soon. They have amazing content over on Dork Tales. If you don't check them out already, do it now. They also have a great name. <laughs> Kelly does. It's Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, Kelly. Thanks. Right My back name is not Kelly. Kelly. Damn it. <laughs> Kelly supremacy. <laughs> all Kelly all the time. The rise of the Kellys. <laughs> back to the episode. It's time for... We haven't been able to do a Whispers from Beyond for a little while, but thank you to Jacob M., our brand new patron. Holy cow. So grateful. Thank you so much for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. Hearing that you binged all four seasons (laughs) of Drinking and Screaming in like a month really made both of our days the other day. That Uh, is awesome. I hope you're not bored of our voices. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're awesome for listening, for supporting the show. Thank you so much, Jacob. We really hope you enjoy the cocktail recipe cards, bonus episodes, and other goodies that await you on Patreon. And if you want to receive a shout out on Drinking and Screaming, just review us on Apple Podcasts, tag us on Twitter, uh, get the word out, tell your friends, and we will read out your messages on the show in our Whispers from Beyond segment. Do you have um, another point before we 
move on to our next segment, Kelly. Uh, still more fun than Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that thing with the steering wheel. Oh my god. Oh yeah. I saw that in the theater, right on the on the full screen, oh. and holy shit, that was amazing. It actually feeds and well I almost into my up. point. <laughs> oh yeah, please, please. I want to hear this. Uh, so. My first point is on the effects of this movie. So it's this is supposed to be like a superhero horror movie, right? Um, so they could have gone like huge and big with it where like shit's exploding and there's like blood and gore everywhere. But it they did the, th- the thing that I constantly talk about, which is the like understandable pain. N- nobody's been blown up before. They don't know what it feels like to take a rocket launcher to the chest. So if you see someone blow up, you're fine. But getting a glass shard in your eye... Jar- is is close enough to something like everybody's sliced their hand a little bit and everybody's hit themselves in the eye a little bit. It's such an approachable, understandable pain that like watching her dig that thing out. And it was just long enough that it took too long to take it out of her eye that uh, like the moment that she started to do it herself. I was like, what are you doing? Your whole eye could come out. Oh, God, please stop. But then you're also thinking like, what is she going to leave it in and like blink onto the glass? Like there's no. Oh, God. Why'd you have to say (laughs) that? There's no solution here. (laughs) Oh, God. There's no. Oh. And then afterwards, they um, I love that they tint half the screen red Mm -hmm. for her POV shot. And you're like, nice. Yeah. Nice. I remember um, in Midsommar when they closed the guy eyes they do one eye at a time and the screen actually like darkens on one half which is a very similar thing and yeah. i was like oh yeah cool cool cool, cool. Mm-hmm. nice um but yeah and then when badger gets his jaw broke and oh god i so the for those of you who haven't seen the movie the car gets lifted into the air by brandon and badger's like in the driver's seat like oh no and screaming and then the car gets dropped Hor- uh, vertically, like per- perpendicular to the, it gets the road. Uh, and Badger's jaw is like on the steering wheel, yep. which then results. And then you see him like the car is on its side and his jaw is literally like, like hanging down and like schloffs off and is like hang Ugh. and he has to hold it up so that it's still attached to his face. It was Doesn't it brutal. fall off after he does that? It, like, yeah, when Brandon takes his blood. I and, looked away for a bit. <laughs> it like, was a lot. Brandon like takes Badger's blood and draws his stupid little uh, uh, bee stuzzy on the, on the yeah. floor. <laughs> I just kept thinking he was drawing that S. Yeah, the stuzzy. Yes, <laughs> yes very. Is that what it's called? Similar. Yeah, it's called a stuzzy. He is such a fucking lord with his like BB. Also looks like a bee. And also I live in Brightburn. And also my name's Brennan. And also you get it? Yeah. <laughs> on my yeah, planet, good the job bee on stands the alliteration for there. justice or some shit. I don't know. Um, B- Bustus. Bust- Bustus. Bustus. It stands for Bustus. Bugs. It stands for Bugs. Bu- he does love bugs. But yeah, it's like, uh, you've both seen Hot Fuzz, right? I have not. Oh, hell yes. Okay, so in Hot Fuzz, what? it's it's a pretty grounded movie, and then there's moments of just like horrifying gore for like a f- couple, like a minute or two, and much like that, this movie sort of just like puts you in this net of safety where it's like, oh, people get like cut a little bit, like Brandon's hand slices, and then just this horrifying, brutal, but still kind of grounded scene of gore that just... Oh, it curses you. Well, because it's it's real world, right? Yeah. Like it's that's the way that real life is. When someone gets injured, it's sudden and it's awful when it happens. Like yeah. 
And it just, oh, it's so good. When uh, there's like the, uh, and it's only like later in the film that stuff happens that's sort of like Brennan actually using his powers. Like when he homelanders his own dad and like she, she's homelanders li- as homelanders. a bird. He homelanders them. <laughs> you said that in my mind, like I was like, okay, they're probably talking about the lasers, but all I can think is that he's like sucking on his dad's nipples. <laughs> Oh, God. Like being breastfed by... <laughs> well, that, I think that scene was cut, is the thing. So. Oh, was that okay? Yeah. That, that was something James Gunn asked for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he also homelanders a plane in the end, so... <laughs> True! Wow, <laughs> lots of similarities. This kid's the basis for Home, Homelander. From the boys. Homelander origins. Also from... I think Homelander's also from the Midwest. Anyways, but uh, yeah, like all of the horror is very grounded. It's also brutal and sudden, too. Like the the sheriff just being misted, like pink misted at the base of their house. And that like it's intense how far the splatter goes. And it's so realistic. And you're like, oh, my God. And then the second sheriff just getting like slammed into the Uh. wall. And then you see her like guttural noises lying on the floor is oh intense violence in this movie. I imagine it was rated R. I'm not positive. Yes, it was. It was. Absolutely. (laughs) I think this is like one of the first movies or or shows or anything where you've actually really seen misting like that from a superhero, right? Because we normally get like the really sanitized version. Mm. And they did that all the time in The Boys. Mm -hmm. But like, I think this is like the first time where we've really seen like, hey, you have an invincible force that can travel at like Mach 12. It's going to be messy. That's true. He also, another Boys reference when girlfriend, what's her face, gets misted in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. There were no whales in this movie, though. No, unfortunately. Thumbs down. No dolphins. No dolphin. No. Well, I mean, there wasn't really a love interest. No, so. it's sad. No. Um, and my uh, my second point, much to the the same point of like the realistic effects, the entire like visual tone of the movie was very believable. They didn't have to um, CGI a mustache off of the kid at any point, so it really it was very grounded. <laughs> but uh, it was filmed like you were saying. Uh, it was filmed like Man of Steel in the beginning and. Anytime that the kid was doing a murder, it was filmed like a horror movie. Like we never we don't see the murder from the perspective of what is basically the protagonist of this movie. We see it from mm-hmm. the perspective of the the victim. It's a lot of like Jason stalking through the woods. You only get shots of him once in a while. Uh, the most iconic scene that I remember is when Badger's in the car and it's been shut down and he tries to turn it on and the light turns on and you see Brandon standing there and then the light goes off and he turns the car on it. Uh, he's flying. And then you get the best line in the entire movie, which is just Badger being like, nope, 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 no, 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 no. I was talking about the funny line. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah, he just saw his nephew flying. That's the exact reaction that he would have in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like all of the like extreme long shots of Brandon like flying just existing in the air is so terrifying because he's just this like presence that exists in the frame and you realize that nobody that goes up against him is going to survive they're all absolutely fucked um yeah it's like watching a bomb approach right you're like oh yeah, yeah. Like, hmm. i guess we're done it's it's they do a really good job of making this child seem ominous and it's not even just his like glowy eyes and creepy mask just the where he exists in the frame makes him so terrifying anytime that they want to yeah that's that's my whole point that's my whole cinematography point about this movie is that it did a real good job the only unbelievable point is when he's flying in in the air but even that's like a batman or a a superman reference (laughs) when he's like hovering over the earth and he's like i have become tired of this earth 
convince people. <laughs> Whoa. And then what did he, he draws that S on his forehead yeah. and flies <laughs> off. Crosses does he on his forehead. <laughs> uh, a symbol that I respect. Of course. <laughs> I want a teenage Superman that draws a Stuzzy on his chest. <laughs> Whoa, the lights in our recording studio have just turned off. Yeah. <gasps> And now they're back on, but <laughs> there's a book. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, they're off again. Oh. And they're on, and the book's in Kelly's lap. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to open the, the Rick Economicon. Spooky. This is the part of the show where we, um, I guess we normally don't explain the segment, but you know, quick, fast recommendations. If you like this movie, what might you like? So my recommendation is The Orphan from 2009. It's another, oh no, my adopted kid is bad kind of movie. (laughs) But I love it for all the wrong reasons. Like it's supposed to be a scary movie, but that daughter is fucking awesome. And I... I just I love her oomph that she's got through that movie. Uh, so that is The Orphan from 2009. Nice. Kelly. OK, I have two. Yeah, it's oh, that, yeah. Is that OK? Go for it. OK. All right. So uh, if if you like this one and you're looking for something that's like kind of got that small town horror vibe, Wolf Cop from 2014. <laughs> it is a Canadian horror comedy Ooh. movie and it's set in Canada, which is really weird for a Canadian movie. <laughs> but there's a festival in the movie called The Drink and Shoot. <laughs> And if that doesn't scream Midwest culture, nothing else will. <laughs> nice. Um, it's such a. Have you have you two seen it? No. I have not. But it's this oh is my a God, good it's so funny. It's really it's really solid. <laughs> I will I will gladly come back and watch that. And so will so will so will my partner. All right. Um, but like, if you want like a movie that's actually it's not funny, but is actually really amazing. Uh, there's this uh, this one called Frailty that came out in 2001. It's got that whole small town farmer vibe. And it is one of my top picks forever. It is about this guy who, well, it's um, it's a coming of age story about two brothers and their father who believes that God has chosen him to kill monsters hiding in our midst. Nice. Ooh. And it's really good. Oh, it's got nice. Bill Paxton. Yeah. <laughs> so you know it's going to be. <laughs> nice. Good. Yeah, <laughs> Bill Paxton will be in it. Is that's the that's a for sure. My recommendation <laughs> is, a is the hole in the ground from 2019. It's been on my to watch list for a while, but it's it's got very similar themes. It features a single mom and her son who live on a farm, and the son starts to act increasingly nefarious, spooky. Mm. I think there's more supernatural than Superman stuff in it, but uh, that's the hole in the ground from 2019. I'll probably watch it after we finish recording. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's time nice. for Scaredy Facts. This is the part of our podcast where we invite you into our working farm. Let's call it a working farm. Hard into our, wink. <laughs> into our relationship. After a scary movie, uh, we like to cuddle up in bed, open up tr- some trivia facts to desensitize us, remind us that this child doesn't actually have powers and isn't going to hunt us down and kill us because he's privileged. Fucking white guys. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. But I will say your bed is quite comfortable. Thank it's you. Cozy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me over. We have the king size, so it works out whenever we have guests. Mm-hmm. This turned very sexual very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's Starting fine. Starting with the budget, uh, I did the scaredy facts this time. Uh, it was an estimated $6 million. This was before the Panini, so opening weekend they surpassed their uh, budget with earnings of $7.8 million, and the cumulative worldwide gross to date is $32.9 million. So nice. pretty successful overall. 
Uh, unfortunately, I don't have too many scaredy facts, everyone. I want to warn you in advance. I'm so sorry. But still, I tried to find what was interesting. The for, for Kelly and I, this is intensely awesome. Of course, Stranger Things is in this show. <laughs> the middle school scenes were shot at the now defunct Patrick Henry High School in Stockbridge, Georgia. This is the same location used for both Hawkins Middle and Hawkins High Schools in seasons one and two of Stranger Things. Wait, they they made it a middle school and then a high school. Did they just like does the school just level up with the the actors? No, because of uh, Nancy. Like they don't go to the same school. Oh, is it the inside? Yeah. Okay, I thought it was the, and outside. the outside too for other shots. Interesting. This is the only scary fact I could find about where the movie was filmed. Brightburn is being mentioned as in Kansas, which is where Cal L landed and later grew up to become Superman. So there's a lot of superhero references mm. in this film. Michael Rooker, we kind of talked about this already. At the end of the film, he plays a YouTube conspiracy theorist in a short sequence during the end credits, and he compares the footage of Brightburn to other mysterious figures that he believes the government is trying to cover up. The figures resemble a twisted version of DC Comics' Justice League. Rooker's character mentions a sea creature overturning a boat, so that could be Aquaman, mm -hmm. a witch strangling people with ropes, which might be Wonder Woman. Also shown in the graphic behind Rooker's character is an alien being, possibly a reference to the Martian Manhunter and an image of the Crimson Bolt, which was Rain Wilson's character from the James Gunn's earlier film, Super, which was very awful. And I do not recommend anyone watch it because that was <laughs> I was awful. just about to ask if I should watch it. <laughs> no, it's very it. bad. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the uh, I see you don't I cried. It was so bad. Yeah, it's real. It's a huge trigger warning. Like fifty oh, percent really? into the movie, oh. it just like falls off of the rails and becomes a huge like thirty minute trigger warning. I noticed that you don't have in the facts. Apparently, they were going to uh, have sequels to this movie. Yes, talk about that. Yeah, these were supposed to hint at it. So apparently, Super exists in the same universe. They had they were going to do like a horror take on Aquaman and possibly a horror take on like a Wonder Woman witch. There was also supposed to be a alternate ending where uh, Caitlin is attaching a robotic arm to Caitlin's the girl that got. Uh, arm broken. Manhandled and yeah. assaulted. Uh, and it was supposed to be a shot of her attaching a robotic arm to her arm that maybe got severed. I don't know. Um, and looking very upset. And uh, yeah, there was like a sev several like variations of endings that he was planning on because he did want to have it be like this uh, MCU horror MCU, I guess. I, I feel know. like they um, still be better could than do the that. Dark universe. Yes, definitely. Or <laughs> is that the one that was like the mummy and then yeah. the monster universe? Or yeah. Yeah. Yeah, where they cast all the actors and then they never made the movies. Yeah. Oh, so good. Sadness. So what the hell was she supposed to be? Was she like probably like a Lex Luthor, but uh, you think but good, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'd see that. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Because her mom got killed by Superman, which I'm assuming in some variation of Superman that Superman accidentally kills Lex Luthor's parents. Otherwise, he's just a butthurt guy that wants to kill an alien. I don't know. I don't know enough yeah. about Lex Luthor to riff off of this with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, I mean, maybe. I mean, there's so many different versions he's good of their sometimes, backstories. Right? I know that. Sometimes he's good. I, sometimes he was president. That's true. <laughs> he was president for a while. He's like a bad he Dr. Okay Doom. <laughs> he's a subpar Dr. Doom. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Two more security facts. Police officer at the end of the film reports a 217. I wanted to know what a 217 was. This is code for uh, used by police departments to indicate an assault with intent to murder 
is in progress. And yeah, that was definitely happening. Is there one for assault, but he also he already murdered a cop? (laughs) And then uh, the last one, which Kelly noticed when we were watching it for the first time, uh, Superman traditionally stands for truth, justice and the American way. In the bedroom scene, the essay that Caitlin is writing when she's in bed is uh, the decline of truth and justice in the modern world. Nice. So that was a nice little Superman reference. That's cute. <laughs> and I have no gun facts, even though I guess we kind of had like James gun facts peppered yeah. throughout this There film. were surprisingly a lot of guns in this movie. But no IMDb trivia about guns. Is there a international movie gun database? I don't know. Similar to the, that would be a game changer the car for sure. One? But sure that means exist. that we're now at final thoughts. All right, I'll go first. Um, I don't know if this is a plus or minus, but I really want to know more about the character. Just in terms of like where he's from, why did it, why did his language sound like old god? Very Call of Cthulhu. Yeah, and like, are there other people with powers in this universe? I want to know if like there's more aliens. I guess that's the thing about the sequels. Possibly they would have explained more about that. But I want to see like his home planet with these wasps. Apparently, they're just sending out babies <laughs> to kill planets. I really enjoyed this movie, even though we all tore it shreds. I found that like <laughs> they did. You, there's no secret about what is Brandon bad or not. But regardless of that, I still thought that the, the movie starts and then it goes, goes, goes. I thought it was like an easy watch. It was good to rewatch it again. And I definitely enjoyed seeing that wasp scene description in the beginning on the second viewing. Because then it, if you didn't notice it before, it's very obvious, <laughs> the parallels. Um, but yeah, just a cautionary tale to everybody about white boys everywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a really easy watch, like you said, and, um, it's, it's good. Like if you like superhero media in general, it's a good thing to add to your repertoire, especially if you haven't really watched much horror and you may be thinking about getting into it, but you mostly prefer stuff like MCU or some DC stuff and you want to branch out a little. It's a good way to start getting into some of the easier horror and it's, it's not going to spook you so much that you're going to stay up at night. Like it's mostly just a couple of like fairly earned jump scares, Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, it's fun. It's nice. And, uh, I'd, I'd watch a sequel. I would too. Would you? Not with Brightburn. I would watch like a universe sequel with a different character. Okay, yeah. I don't really care to watch mm. him have fun devastating planet. What if it's the Caitlyn version though, where she's the villain to him? I want to see that. All right, if she be- oh hell yeah, she comes a superhero inventor character that is like Lex Luthor trying to k- take down Brightburn, then maybe. <laughs> but I, I what's her last name? Is it alliterative? Because then that Ooh. might happen. Ooh. I don't know. I mean, again, she was a woman in the movie, so we know very little about her. <laughs> Are we all looking? Everyone's Googling. <laughs> We're all looking it up. Caitlin. Oh, come Did on. Did she get a last just, name? Maybe no, it's not. just Is it Caitlin? Caitlin. Of course. And <laughs> Caitlin and mom Erica. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, uh, Caitlin or Erica Connor on wiki oh, her, okay. it's erica connor is her mom so her name's caitlin connor Yay. alliteration Ooh. we've got it she's the hero we did it <laughs> oh yes. boy well that's been brightburn a movie about roy's life after he left pam and adopted a privileged alien <laughs> <laughs> next week we'll be watching bird box from 2019 with krista from the movie podcast based on and remember always scream responsibly uh, Bye. Uh,
Ah. Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drinkandscream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com.